Esther chapter 8. Esther chapter 8. Esther chapter 8. Esther. And we'll read oh, all 17 verses. Esther chapter 8. Esther chapter 8. And read that chapter. It says this in the Word of God. Esther 8. On that day did King Ahasuerus give the house of Haman the Jew's enemy unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spake yet again before the king, and fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. And the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and the thing seem right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters despised by Haman, devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that should come unto my people? Or how can I endure the, to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther, the queen, and to Mordecai, the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name, and the seal with the king's ring, may no man reverse. <laughs> then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, that is the month seven, on the three and twentieth day thereof. I just have to stop right there. Did you see that? What day that was? 23, sorry. Brother... Uh, Burgess said that was his favorite number. So there it is right there in the Word of God for you. So now you got to put that verse. On the three and twentieth day thereof, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews, and to the lieutenants and the deputies and the rulers of the provinces, which are from India unto Ethiopia. <laughs> That's amazing. Back in that day that somebody could rule <laughs> that large of uh, area. Just amazing. And 127 provinces unto every province according to the writing thereof. Then all those languages had to break off. And unto every people after their language. This is without computers. And, to the, and without Google to translate, right? And the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. Amazing. And he wrote in the king Ahasuerus' name and sealed it with the king's ring and set letters by post on horseback and riders on mules and camels and young dromedaries. Wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for prey. <laughs> upon one day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the 13th day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people, and that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So the posts that rode upon mules and camels went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment, and the decree was given at Shushan the palace. 
And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king. Notice these verses. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white and with great crown of gold and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for fear of the Jews fell upon them. Let's pray. Lord, we just uh, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Lord, we just uh, stand amazed. Lord, how you intercede for your people, how you watch over your people. And Lord, uh, just move, uh, dear God, on their behalf. And uh, Lord, we're glad that you are willing to do that for us. Uh, dear God, when we face things, dear Lord, you're willing to be there for us. And uh, Lord, we're so glad we have the promises and truths of the Word of God to claim. And uh, dear God, when we face things, Lord, I pray for each one that's facing something. Uh, Lord, again, I pray for those with a physical need. We think of Sister Pam tonight, uh, Sister Muxlow, uh, Sister uh, Diane Baruch, uh, Sister Carpenter, and uh, others uh, with need tonight, God, uh, uh, those with financial need. Uh, again, dear God, what's going on in hearts and lives, thou knowest. And Lord, we commit these things to you. Again, those that uh, we have been witness to, we think of this uh, one that uh, Ari mentioned too, concerning that his father uh, witnessed to. We think of people that have handed out tracts and witness uh, uh, to people. Lord, we think of Patrick tonight, uh, the needs in his life. And others, Lord, we commit these things to you and help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to look at a, a thought tonight. Uh, Job 14.1 says, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. In John 16.33, Jesus said this, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. We have that promise that, hey, he's already overcome whatever is out there. So, you know, uh, Jesus is many things, right? We know uh, uh, many things. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. I'm the door and I'm the light and all these things. But one thing that we see Jesus is among the many things is he's a great problem solver. Amen. He, he solved our greatest problem. And he is in this uh, problem-solving business, and he can teach us to be great uh, uh, problem solvers. And I want to think on that, that thought. A lot of times when I, I, I talk to people and advise people, you know, I, I, I like talking to, uh, to young people. And a lot of times I tell them, listen, uh, some of the best things you can learn in life, right, just in, in getting through life and, and no matter what you do in life is, is what you want to be known for. Uh, in life is, one, a, to be a people connector. I mentioned that a lot. And to be a problem solver. Boy, if you're on a job, uh, learn to be a problem solver. Wherever you are, learn to be like, hey, that's a guy who knows how to solve problems. That's a guy who knows how to, or a person that knows how to help people. And uh, I want to uh, think on uh, that thought just to give that quick thought tonight. But let me mention a couple things about problems and solving problems. As we go through life here on earth, right, as we saw in those verses, trouble is a given. Problems are unavoidable, but they don't have to be insurmountable. Problems become a problem often when we let them and don't deal with them, especially in our own life. A lot of times it's a matter of perspective. 
As one person said, inside of every problem lies an opportunity, and that's how we need to look at it. I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and they were sharing with me about something in, in their life, and I always remember that. As I said, one thing I always try to remember, whatever I'm facing, is that God has a will in every situation. We just need to find out what that will is and the way that that can be performed. Problems are everywhere, and they can have a negative effect on anybody, even a believer. And believers, especially especially those in, in leadership positions, have a responsibility to help people solve problems, hopefully as quickly and effective as possible, right? You want to uh, be known, especially if you're a, a leader in the church or uh, people uh, uh, look to you that, hey, listen, this is a person that cares about my problems. This is a person that I can share things with and that wants to help me, amen, uh, uh, bring this to the, to the, the, to the right uh, resi- resolution. And so uh, uh, we want to be able to do that. So we ha- And of course, we have that responsibility, hopefully. So how do you take heart in the face of problems? The first step, one, of course, a lot of times is admitting that problems will come. And of course, you know, many people expect or they want smooth sailing, right? Nice thought why it lasted, right? Thank the Lord that at least we do have times <laughs> that there's, that there's uh, uh, a smooth selling. But once a person has accepted that rough waters, if you, wear, if you will, are inevitable and are able to anticipate and prepare for it and uh, not, you know, being a, a negative, boy, I tell you, it's amazing to me that how many people are negative. Listen, we don't need to be negative, but we don't, of course, you don't be over optimistic. Just be realistic, about the situation, and that believers can handle anything that comes when they follow biblical principles and trust in the Lord. Problems are simply obstacles in the path towards uh, a goal that the Lord has for us. It's easy to let them block the you, uh, our view sometimes, but to be effective, look past our problems and keep our mind Amen. On the goal and on the big picture that the Lord has before us. And this can help combat the devil getting in our mind and giving thoughts of hopelessness and powerlessness. Right. Oh, we can't do it. You're right. We can't. But with the Lord's help, it also can reveal the way past obstacles, especially when people uh, uh, seek for solutions. Right. And, uh, you know, we use the term think outside the box. Well, even as believers, we can think outside the box. Just don't think outside the book. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, we can think outside the box. Just don't think outside the book. Every problem introduces you often and helps you discover things about yourself and reveals how you think and often what you're made of or where you are even spiritually. So when you face tough problems? Do you stop or turn back when confronted with an obstacle or find a way over, under, or around it? Getting past problems is a crucial part, again, of of achieving the goals or God's will in our life. Every time you choose to see beyond a problem and to think creatively, biblically, until you have the solution, right, you not only get closer to your objective, you also, right, increase your abilities as a problem solver. It's not about trusting in self alone, but as you trust the Lord, you also learn to have confidence in the abilities, wisdom, and guidance He gives you that you can use 
in other situations. So I like this book of Esther because I like reading about Mordecai. If you see one thing about Mordecai in the book of Esther, you see Mordecai was what? A problem solver. Every time something came up, Mordecai in this book was there to help solve it. He was a problem solver. And he taught Esther. He ends up teaching Esther how to become a problem solver. Boy, uh, parents, that's one of the uh, uh, best things you can uh, teach uh, your children or people that you might have influence with, right? How to be a problem solver. And Mordecai teaches that to Esther. And, and as well as being, again, a team player. And again, I, I emphasize those things a lot because I see that lacking so much, as I've mentioned many times, in the, even in the ministry. It amazes me how even many, a lot of people in the ministry, uh, uh, pastors, missionaries, that aren't uh, uh, team players, but those are part of being a good problem solver. Now, just a quick thought. Uh, Mordecai raised Esther. Who knows what relation they had? How were they, were, how were they related? Anybody remember how they were related? He did adopt her. Uh, all right, Esther, look at Esther 2, 5 through 8, and you see their relationship. Esther 2, 5 through 8, we see there. Now, in Shushan the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. So what would that make them? Right, that'd make them cousins. So she must have been a bit younger than him, his uncle's daughter. So I don't know, maybe if... if, if uh, you know, Mordecai's dad was the oldest brother in the line, and maybe her dad was the youngest. I don't know how that worked out, but she must have been a lot younger than him. His uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when he, her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass when the king's commandment as decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together under Shushan, the palace, to the custody of uh, Hege, that... Esther was brought up also into the king's house to the custody of Hege, or Hegai, keeper of the women. So we see here, right, that Esther was his first cousin. So the, uh, when we see Mordecai mentioned here, one thing we learn right away about him, again, he was a problem solver. And we, lear we learned a couple of things about Mordecai. One, he cared about people. Boy, if you're going to be somebody that helps people with problems, you have to have a you have to really care about people. And I realize she was related to him, but you, you, you see uh, through other areas that he really cared about people. And if you're going to be somebody that they're going to be a problem solver, people are going to have to know that you're real. People are going to have to know that, you know, if they're going to be able uh, be willing to come to you and share problems with you and open up to you about things. Right. They got to know that you're a person that really cares about uh, people. And that's a wonderful thing to have that testimony of really caring about people. And also, because he was willing to take his cousin in or take Esther in, we see what else? He was willing to bear the burden and pay the price of solving a problem. 
Boy, that's another thing. If somebody is willing to come to you and you're willing to step out and help somebody, you got to be somebody that is often willing to, if it's something serious, uh, bear a burden with them, pay the price to stay with them in trying to help them solve that situation or meet that situation. But notice, what else do we learn about here just in the, these verses? Being a problem solver as we see with Mordecai, requires one who's willing to step in, not only step in, but step up and find solutions. And also, as Mordecai was in this situation, willing to be a part of the solution if required. And he just he and he was willing to do that because he was willing to take her and raise her as his own. Every time you look at uh, uh, in Esther, Mordecai is solving a problem. Even one night, you see this in, in later in chapter 2, in verses 21 through 23. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, uh, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Now, of course, if you know the book of uh, Esther, you know that here he just did this thing, and I don't think he, he did it. Man, this might help me get in good with the king, right? I don't think he had an ulterior motive. He just wanted to do the right thing, right? And that's the, the, the thing about when you go to solve a problem. Sometimes you're trying to solve a problem with People, sometimes it can get uh, emotional. And, you know, I've uh, faced some situations and uh, people try to challenge me on something and challenge me on that. I said, listen, I'm not picking sides here. I only have one question. What's the right thing to do here? That takes the emotion out of it. That takes picking sides out of it. You know, I'm not necessary for you. I'm not necessary for that person. I'm for, I'm for what's right. My first, uh, uh, my first obligation is to what's right in a situation. And that's what Esther, I mean, Mordecai saw here. Of course, we know it ends up benefiting him. I love that story, man, when Haman walks in and says, what should be done to the, and the king desires to honor. I mean, wouldn't you have loved to uh, seen uh, the look on Haman's face when he had to take uh, uh, Mordecai down through the streets there. But then, of course, we know the main thing, the big problem comes up that we know about in the book of Esther, where Haman comes in and wants to destroy uh, the Jews. So let's look at that in chapter 3. And Haman said unto King Hazarus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all the people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. Boy, can't you hear people going in and saying that to the president today about us? Boy, do you look at those verses and say, Oh, man, hey, uh, 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 Mr. President, you need to know that there's a people out there and their beliefs, right, are diverse from all the, the people, what everybody else, uh, what else society thinks. Boy, they don't, they don't keep the laws of the land. Boy, they're, they're, they're homophobic, Islamophobic, and, and uh, all those things, right? And, uh, you know, all this and that. And uh, listen, uh, I, I, listen, I'm not, I, I don't want to, I better be careful there, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not homophobic. I'm not scared of none of them, right? Right. Anyways, I'll stop right there. But neither keep the laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. Can't you see them going in and saying that about, uh, about us one day? 
And so it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. Boy, that's uh, what they'll be saying about us one day. But keeping on the story here. But if it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. Verse 10, and the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the Jews' enemy. And the king said unto Haman, the silver is given to thee, and the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. And of course, Mordecai hears about that. And what does he do? He goes right into action. He said, we've got a big problem here, but that's okay. I'm a problem solver. And he realizes he is going to have to, uh, of course, he he lets Esther know about it. And she sort of comes back and, you know, a little uh, 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 handles it the wrong way at first. And so now he's got, hey, listen, I got this big problem. But to solve that big problem, I got to solve this little problem. Hey, I'm going to have to instill uh, some uh, principles. And Esther, she must not have been paying attention when I taught this class. And so Mordecai, he realizes he's going to have to teach Esther, hey, if you look in this here, how to be a team player and a problem solver, and most of all, to turn to the Lord and trust him with the situation. Immediately, she got worried about uh, herself. Well, if I go in there, man, what's going to happen to me? Boy, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a bad way to be when, amen, people's lives are on the line and your people are facing a situation. So most of all, to turn to the Lord and trust him with the situation in her life. And boy, that's a, that's a big problem. That's a big thing about getting problems solved in life is learning, amen, uh, to, to get your eyes off the situation, get your eyes off of self, and get your eyes on the Lord and trust him. Again, he has a will in the situation. And so uh, they tell Esther, and then we know how Esther's responds, and then we come to uh, chapter 4, verse 12. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. And boy, he says, well, I'm going to have to teach her a thing or two. In verse 13, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? What, what uh, great uh, verses. And boy, that's a big part of problem solving when you're dealing with people is getting uh, either dealing with their pride or dealing with their own self-interest or dealing with them only thinking about uh, what benefits them the most in a situation. Hey, we got to think about how can we solve this problem and God get the glory and everybody gets the benefit if that's possible. And the right outcome comes out, amen, uh, again, to your benefit and to the glory of God. That's what we have to focus on, not what's only in your interest, because that's usually what people pull to when they have situations. No, not what's in your interest, but what's in the best interest. And again, what's the right thing to do in this situation? And that's what Mordecai stresses to Esther. So she gets, she, you know, she gets the point of what he stresses to her. And thank God for these great words that she comes back with. Boy, I think she got back. I think she probably got alone with the Lord and said, Lord, help me, amen, to get my eyes off of self. Help me to get my eyes off the situation. And Lord, show me what is the right thing 
amen, to help my people and solve this problem. Lord, help me be your problem solver along with Mordecai in this situation. And so I love verse 16 of chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Listen, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna seek the Lord. Just like we saw in those verses this morning, I, I'm going to get along with God. I'm going to seek his face. Uh, this is a problem that has to be solved. And I know that I'm an important part of this problem getting solved. And you know what? Hey, listen, it's not about what happens to me, right? Again, it's about solving a problem for my people, right? The bigger picture and God getting the glory out of it. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. And so we know she prays and she fasted, and look what happens. God steps in. We see Esther steps out by faith, chapter 5, verse 1. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house, and the king set up on his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And so it was when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. Boy, if you ever preach on these verses, boy, the picture of salvation, the picture of Jesus Christ. Look, the king held out Esther, the golden scepter was in his hand. That's a picture of Christ right there, right? He's the, he's the scepter that was in his hand. That's what God did for us. Amen. We, we deserve death. We didn't have a right to go in his presence, but amen, by faith, we came into his presence. And what did he do? He reached out Jesus Christ. He reached out the scepter, amen, and said, you can enter my presence. Everything's all right. You don't have to fear death right here. But it's a beautiful picture of salvation in Christ right there. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. So you know the story, God steps in. And so we learn. If we will do what we can by faith, right? By faith, she fasted. By faith, she prayed. By faith, she called on others to join her and be a part of the team to solve this problem. By faith, they took all these steps. And because they did what they could do by faith, right? God was there to do what they could not and honor their faith and stepped in and touch the heart of the king, and steps in and overrides uh, Haman evil's intent. Verse 10 says, we, I just go right to the story. We know what happened. <laughs> another, another great story. You, you know how when you read these things, how these things go through your mind? right? How, how Haman shows up and boy, he thinks he's, I bet he had on his uh, best suit, probably, uh, probably uh, you know, pu pulled up in his Lamborghini, probably wearing a Rolex watch. And he's, uh, you know, looking good when he pulls up to uh, uh, Esther's house. And uh, boy, was he in for a big surprise. But I just, ah, I just love that, that, that story, how God just moves in and just turns that thing around. And so, right, then they come back the, uh, the next day, this wicked Haman, she says, right? And thank God, God stepped in in verse 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. But we know that there was still a big problem. You know, the instigator 
was dealt with. And sometimes there are several layers to big problems. You know, thank God that you solve one area, but there's still more uh, uh, layers uh, to that problem. And we see there's another layer to this problem. Why? Because he, uh, uh, Haman had sent this out. And what was the rule about the king and the, the laws of the Medes and the Persians? They, they couldn't be reversed. So, so there's still a problem of the day. The people were supposed to come against the Jews on a certain day for the law of the king. The law of the Medes and the Persians couldn't be changed. But we see what God worked out in chapter 8. If you read, again, that whole chapter there, and you read on through that uh, the, 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 the Jews were emboldened because of what Mordecai sending out that message, right? And, uh, uh, of course, Mordecai ends up with the king's ring. And being an effective problem solver sometimes requires what? Getting people to work together under normal, who, who wouldn't work together under normal conditions. And that's what sort of happened there. The king, Mordecai, uh, Esther, you know, God moved in and gave uh, uh, not only Esther favor, but Mordecai there. And he ends up getting the king and the Lord gives him wisdom how to solve that problem. He says, listen, we can't change this, but we can do this. And sometimes you're facing a problem. There's just certain uh, parts of that problem that you're not going to be able to change the situation. But you can seek the Lord and say, Lord, there's just things we can't change in this situation. I mean, no matter what we do, there's just parts of this equation that we're not going to be able to change. But you know, like with Mordecai, God can give you the wisdom. God, the, 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 people, the people you're trying to help, God can give them the wisdom and say, Lord, there's certain things we can't change. But God, we seek you and we ask your advice and give the direction. What's the best thing we can do to get the, an outcome, Lord, that will benefit us and that will honor you despite the things we can't change in this situation, right? We, we've all faced things that, hey, it happened. There's nothing we can do about it. But God, amen, you can still take like with Joseph Right? He was sold to a slave. He was in prison. Can't change that. But yet God could turn, right, what, the, what, the, what the, the, the devil and those things meant for bad. God can turn it into good and still get glory out of the situation. And that's exactly what he did here. That's why it's so important, amen, to seek him. And so verses, the end of the chapter 8 again, as we finish up, what happens? And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king, Right, they sent the message out. We know what happens, and and, and the, the the Jews went out. Boy, they kept record. Oh man, this many people got killed today. This many enemies of the Jews got killed this day. And then they went out again. And said, well, hey, let's just go a couple of days, man. We're on a roll here, and uh, and solve the problem. And look what happens. We again, we finish up chapter eight, beginning of verse fifteen. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white with a great crown of gold and with a garment of fine linen and purple and the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. Boy, what's the Bible talk about when the righteous, amen, are in charge? The people rejoice. And that's what happens here. You see, despite what happened, even despite what couldn't be changed, right, God's people are still blessed. There's still a good outcome of a problem that seemed impossible until uh, God's, until the a, a human problem solver stepped in and taught somebody else how to be a problem solver, and they sought God together as a team, and they stepped out by faith and did what they could do by faith, and then God stepped in on their behalf and did what they couldn't do, amen, in this situations. And then it says, the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. 
right? And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. Amen. I bet they even had some good coffee and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews for fear of the Jews fell upon them. Boy, we look at this and what do we see? We say, this is our goal. As believers and as problem solvers, and the problem would be solved to God's glory. And the right people would have gladness and joy and honor. And it would even lead to some conversion. See, the Lord take this. Lord, uh, they wanted to destroy your people. But when it was all said and done, God got the glory and some people became Jews. Boy, that's what we want. Hey, God, take these things. Boy, the world's going the wrong way. But God, if you can use us, step into these situations, amen, and, and, and help us to be a part of the solution out there, amen, that people might come and be saved. Again, not all problems are going to be big. And Esther, we see a lot of big problems. And of course, we face, you know, uh, uh, problems that aren't this big, but problems that are big to us or they're important to us. So not all problems are going to be big, but they are problems that to us, they still need to be solved. Now, I mean, I think I was thinking about Brother Joseph. I mean, it seems like he's always having to solve some type of problem at work. He's always dealing. So I'm sure I have no doubt that on his job, uh, Joseph is probably known as a good problem solver for his job, which is a good thing to be known for on the job. But having that testimony as a problem solver is a big plus. And if some big problems do arise, God being able to trust you and being able to and people being able to trust you. That's a privilege, man, that God would trust you. Hey, there's people out there with problems. Say, God, you know what? I want to be a witness to people and a good way I can be witness to people is to help them solve problems. Hey, when I meet people and I'm talking to people and I hear them mention things, I'll be honest with you, I just sort of try to step in and see how I can do something to help them solve a problem because that's a good way to become a part of somebody's life. That's a good way to be a witness that, hey, you know, a lot of times we think we just have to step down and go through the Romans road and there's nothing wrong with that. But boy, showing that you're showing somebody you really care. Hey, I want to help you. Listen, I want to help you with this problem. I want to help you with this situation. And boy, they see that you took time to step in. They see that you took time to care. And you know what? Say, listen, you know, John, I'm glad that you let me help you with that and be a part of that. But you know what? You've got a bigger problem than the one we just solved. It's called sin. And you know what? Uh, I can help you with that problem too. Well, really, actually, I can lead you to the one that can help you with that problem, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's a privilege that God would say, hey, listen, somebody over there has got a problem. Hey, uh, 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 I, I want to help you solve the problem in that person's life and that per people will trust you. So we see in these verses, we see prayer, we see faith, we see wisdom, we see being a team player, we see character, we see having the, the integrity to follow through, the integrity and character to persevere uh, with people and even have the courage to be willing to step in in the first place, right, are important factors in solving problems. So we learn, even how, no matter how big the problem is, we see problems don't have to be permanent problems, but we have to be willing to do what it takes to be a problem solver. Boy, that's a good thing for a believer to be known as, amen? Somebody that is willing to help others 
solve problems. Let's pray.